Welcome, affiliated listeners, to another episode of Affiliated. Thomas and I are going to be having an amazing guest today. I'll tell you who that is in a second. You probably could see them on camera, but I don't know how this gets edited, so who knows? But before that, let me just say hi to Thomas, who is in his at-home studio, as I am in my at-home studio. And I say studio is that these aren't just offices in our house secretly cluttered with things that you can't see. But yeah, it sounds fancy. I mean, how so are you secretly. doing, Thomas? Yeah. I'm doing great. Yeah, people keep telling me you should clean up your background. It's too cluttered. I'm like, you sh you would be surprised at how uncluttered this is compared to three <laughs> feet to the right of it. <laughs> so. You're like, it looks pretty damn good. I yeah. don't know what less clutter would look like. So, um, well, as you prepare for college basketball season and getting all um, excited about it, except for when Go they actually play. Um, so, you know, with that though, we have something even more exciting, um, and we are going to be talking with. Is it Far? It's Farzad. But then I realized I didn't confirm your last name. So Rashidi, is it Rashidi? Did I say that right? You nailed it. Rashidi. Beautiful. All right. We're professionals. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. I've been practicing as a substitute teacher just to get all the names out and butcher them there instead of on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but Farzad is going to be talking about affiliate recruitment. We know we have a lot of people. They're always asking for, I want more affiliates. I want more affiliates, more traffic, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's always, sometimes there's not a lot of answers for them uh, or they don't like the answers receiving. And Farzad is going to share with us how he personally was able to grow and get a bunch of affiliates and then what he's doing today to help people with affiliate outreach, affiliate recruitment, and affiliate management as a whole. So if you are the kind of person that is constantly saying or has said once before, I need more affiliates and not sure that you've had the answer, this is the podcast that you have to listen to. So um, before I should probably say hi to our guests. Hi, Farzad. How are you doing today? <laughs> Happy doing to great. have you. Um, and you for having me. I'm actually going to, this is a little bit of a callback for our listeners too. If you're um, listening to some past episodes, we had, um, and I can't remember his name because I'm so bad with names, but there was a software that was being discussed that he used for affiliate recruitment. Oh, this is the Dustin House episode. Dustin yes, House. yes, yeah. Dustin House, Dustin House. Yeah. Um, and I could not pronounce the company right. I was uh, Respirio, Respania, <laughs> and all these different things, but it was Respona, right? Am I saying it right or am I? Probably sent Respona. Respona. Okay. You got Respona. it. See, I still say it, but closer. <laughs> in the ballpark. So Respona um, was actually the service, and that's how we got connected to Farza because he actually – CEO for um, Respona, right? Or – yeah, I just want to make sure that I wasn't screwing up titles. So um, so super exciting. And they um, – we will talk a little about their software um, a bit. We actually just want to share with you guys some great tactics for affiliate recruitment, and we'll start off with that. So Farzad, you mentioned you're doing great today. We're so excited to have you. Um, actually, before we jump in some of the tactics around affiliate recruitment, just to bring people back, um, we'll share some exciting things about how they can get more affiliates in their business with ease. Um, but before that, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your backstory, how you got involved in all this business and um, now the CEO of a, a pretty exciting software company. Well, thank you, Kyle. Yep. So just to give you a little background, have you heard of our parent company, Vizme? Uh, yes, when you told me about them the first time, the first oh, okay, time. Okay, so, but prior to that, it was it was new. new like, considering you talk about them all the time, uh, yeah. yes, I've heard of it. <laughs> so, for folks who don't know what Vizme is, it, we're basically an individual a creator uh, platform for businesses, SMBs, enterprise. And I joined as the first marketing hire. Was well, my job was to basically run their go-to-market motion. And uh, we were a completely, I was still are to this day, a completely bootstrap operation, never raised any outside funding in a very crowded space. And 
the only uh, acquisition channel really that was uh, bearing fruit was our organic because uh, paid ads were getting more expensive by the day and it wasn't really scalable for us as a bootstrap company. And our price point was at a point that cold average and going door to door and selling wasn't really a scalable strategy. So we had to rely on our organic. And, um, and, and that included our, obviously our content marketing SEO efforts and, on, and um, besides that, our affiliate program. And uh, that was basically incentivizing other bloggers and, and people of influence basically in our space to talk about us, mention us, and refer customers. So now to this day, Visma uh, is now getting close to about 3 million visitors to our website every single month. And a large portion of that is thanks to other websites vouching for us and, and basically mentioning us. And, and so the, the process was, you know, just like any other company that just puts together an affiliate program, we just bought a PRM and put it up there and basically started, and we actually were getting a decent uh, number of applications and uh, in terms of people who wanted to be an affiliate. But what happened was like 99% of those affiliates took absolutely no action, regardless of us trying to activate them and basically, and, and the reason why is because they didn't either have the audience or they were really the right type of affiliate for us. And the, the small percentage that did um, was were basically people that had some social media following, which, you know, worked well for a period of time. So they would post something, generate some referrals, and it would die 20 minutes later. And so we basically overhauled that entire effort. So instead of looking at it from, the perspective that okay, we're just going to take a seat back and take a back seat and, and let people come to us. Uh, we started actively pro, uh, or proactively reaching out to people that we thought that had an overlapping audience with us and inviting them to come and join our affiliate program. So that way, uh, basically, we could benefit from their referrals and they get a cut of the pie or the cut of the commissions. And so what happened was that it basically became very quickly one of our um, uh, main acquisition strategies. And not only that had uh, benefits in terms of sending us referrals, but now all these websites and web publications um, basically talking about us. It also helped our website to show up as an authoritative resource in Google and other search engines. So now our key page is also ranking on Google. Uh, so we're getting some organic traffic that way as well. So we kind of hitting a bunch of birds in one stone. Um, and, and that process of sort of finding these affiliates or, or reaching out to them, getting the contact of the right person was sort of disjointed. We're duct taping a bunch of different solutions and it was a mess. And we're hitting up the same person twice in a day. And so what we did at Visme was to basically put together the whole flow and that was already working manually, put it into a software to automate a lot of the dirty work and, and basically scale that effort. And it just worked ridiculously well. So we decided to release it as a standalone product. And that was back in 2019 when we released the, the public version of the application. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think one of the big things there to think that you were able to make that work on, on cold outreach, which I think a lot of people is super intimidating and probably not something that a lot of people even approach when it comes to affiliate deals. Um, it's, I mean, the coldest I think they get is I went to an event and I didn't know somebody and I was introduced to them, right? Or you bump into somebody in a networking setting, which I'd argue is not very cold outreach when you're both at a place agreeing to talk to each other. Um, so that definitely sounds really impressive. I want to talk more about that piece specifically in terms of cold outreach. Um, so obviously the software and development of that really, really helped. And that was a huge portion of your business's success. 
So, but, but, but it's tough, right? There's how do you make it effective? How do you get the attention? So I'm really, really curious if maybe we could start talking about, I think one, I guess just how you do it. How do you go about doing cold outreach successfully? And maybe the first thing is how do you get their attention? Um, right. Maybe that's something that's like pick the right people. I'm not sure. I won't steal your thunder. Uh, but yeah, really curious. How do you get the attention of somebody when you're doing cold outreach to an affiliate to mm-hmm. actually get some success or get them to, to try your product? So Kyle, cold outreach when it comes to affiliate recruitment is very different from cold outreach for sales. Um, so when you're reaching out to people cold, trying to sell them your software or product or any solution you offer, you're like, hey, give me your money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is, hey, can we give you some of our money? <laughs> it's a completely different value prop. Um, so if you're doing... Uh, uh, the research right. You're finding people that would uh, that would potentially create a, a mutually beneficial collaboration with. Uh, so it, it's a partnership, really. It's not some something that you're trying to sell them the idea, etc. Uh, you're basically saying, "Hey, you have an audience. You're already promoting products in this space, and we have an affiliate program that would fit nicely, and and I think you would be successful with it. Why not give it a try?" And we actually get about out of 100 websites we reach out to, 26 of them get back to us. Over a quarter of them get back to us, even though it's completely cold with no introductions. Um, and that it's come down to basically who is it are you reaching out to um, and what the value prop is and what that incentive look like. Um, so that, that I wouldn't shy away from doing because, as I said, you know, I'm horrified of doing cold outreach, especially when it comes to sales. And it's something that we've never really been good at. Uh, but on the other hand, from marketing perspective, when it comes to partnerships, that's how partnerships form. So you, somebody makes an intro, <laughs> you take it over from there. People aren't born with naturally with relationships that, that you have to develop over time. Yeah. What? I think we might have glossed over this a little bit. Like, what are the types of affiliates you're recruiting here? Mm-hmm. Is it... Yeah, I feel like it's a little different than what our core audience might be used to, which I'm excited mm-hmm. for because it probably means there's a gold mine for them to go tap into. So, 100%. like, can you just create an avatar of like maybe a brand or maybe yourself that's using this? And then how are you actually going out and finding the right types of affiliates? And what do these affiliates look like? You got it. So, I would say the best type of affiliates for us, and again, this differs uh, from, uh, from industry to industry. So, for instance, uh, a lot of our customers that are e commerce, uh, they have a lot of success with creators, like social media creators, meaning they partner with someone who has a large TikTok following and, and Instagram, et cetera. And, and they all, however, have the same issue of, okay, we post something on TikTok it, and it, you know, most of the time it doesn't go viral. It gets X number of views and it does bring some level of referral and, and that dies down the day after. Uh, so these are normally temporary boosts. So you're kind of chasing that. It's kind of a rat race of, uh, you know, either paying more money to the creator or um, basically having to, and a lot of times it's a fixed rate that you have to pay them. Uh, or you would basically um, have to keep hiring new creators to do the same thing. So what we found that works well is kind of creating this evergreen uh, affiliates, uh, which these are affiliates that are active either on, from a content marketing perspective, an SEO side of things and Google, uh, so think of, for instance, give me any product. Like, for example, in that case, it would be best presentation software, best uh, tools to do X, Y, Z, best 
um, even in commerce, best CBD gummies, uh, you get the idea. Uh, so getting placements in these, you get one or two of these placed and, and it brings an, an evergreen flow of traffic and referral to your website because that's how c consumers would start the research. And is this, are you finding new content for someone to write? Like, hey, write a new post for me or is it more getting listed on existing or a bit of a it's both? More getting listed on existing. Interesting. Uh, okay. When it comes to this particular strategy, which we're going to dive deeper, is what we mm -hmm. call listicles. Somebody's gotcha. written a list of um, uh, basically products or services you offer, mentioned a couple of popular products in your space, but not you. So that we're going to reach out. It's as simple as just them plugging in your product and you give them all the assets they need to just paste that in your description, screenshot, and you're good to go. Um, so that would be at, and it, there are different variety, different strategies that can run with that. Like another one would be product reviews. So somebody has written a review on a similar product or, or a product in your industry and will more likely be interested in also writing a review for you. So send them a free sample of your product, invite them to join your affiliate program, let them write a review for you. So that would be a new piece of content created on the other hand. So that'd be one. Another one was YouTube. Uh, so uh, we notice that creators that are active on YouTube, be, um, that also brings some evergreen traffic because uh, YouTube inherently is a search engine. So you basically are uh, getting the same benefits as if it, this was a text-based article on, a, on their website. Um, what we didn't have much success with, even though every time we do sponsor people that have an audience, um, bring some referrals of traffic, but it's quite temporary is the social media side of things. Again, it's not to say you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, it varies widely based on the industry you're in. But the ones that are bread and butter of our affiliate program are the ones that have some sort of content that has some that has some sort of evergreen traffic that, that bring, keeps bringing them customers. So it doesn't require them to take much effort or put in much effort. They basically just plug in your product there on the pros or write a review once or create a video once. And it starts, it keeps getting basically views and traffic and sends uh, basically referrals your way over time. So they're building their recurring revenue um, and and you don't have to keep chasing them, making sure they're active and, and keep basically following up with them. That makes sense, yeah. And yeah, this sounds very similar to kind of link building for different brands and stuff that I used to do in my old job, quote unquote. Um, and it was very hard, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of very time intensive work not just to, if we were guest blogging, not just to write the guest blog and get it published somewhere, but to actually go find the right site who's mm -hmm. producing the right kind of content that I want to be on. And then to even find the right type of article and then even to find the right person at that site or any type of email that they, you could even reach them at. Where, I guess I'm curious when you're reaching out to these types of sites, mm -hmm. is there a specific type of person you're trying to talk to at that site? And then how do you go around finding their contact information so you can actually do some cold outreach? Well, and actually, can I intercept your question there, Thomas? No, I think yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. I was a DB <laughs> back in high school. Um, anyway, so, um, well, just cause I, right along that, I think one of the parts that's really interesting is, yeah, definitely the, how do you find these people? So I'd be very curious, how do you find the blog, the content, um, easily that could work because I think for a lot of people, I'm sure what you just described, the idea of plug in and go sounds super appealing, right? If I have to reach out once, if I get you to commit once, I don't necessarily, it's not that there's going to be hundreds of sales tomorrow, but there's a trickle effect and a build that continues to go on with those types of things. And even just giving yourself a presence on the internet that's positive by going out to those reviewers or whoever it might be, 
Um, it, it seems like, oh my gosh, this sounds great. Too good to be true even, which makes you think, well, how do I find the right one? So I'd be really curious if you could start there and then sure. go into uh, Thomas's question second. 100%. Simple answer to that is by Googling it. <laughs> Googling it. Okay. Okay. Is there some strategies about Googling? You know, yeah. search terms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good old Google. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I mean, I run a company that sells a software that this that does this type of work. But I always say to our customers anytime on an episode uh, with a podcast, I'm like, don't go just blindly sign up for any fancy tools like Respana from day one. Go do it once yourself manually and get some proof of concept. You're like, hey, this thing works, this is great. But it's very, it's very time consuming, as, as, as Thomas mentioned. It's not something that is as simple as it sounds. When you start doing it, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's not something that's, you can do this at scale manually. So that's why we built tools like Responda to help you streamline, automate, and it takes care of that for you. But to, from the get-go, everything none of the software do, uh, do, does any sort of magic. They all basically help you save time and, and streamline and automate. It's not uh, the, the gist of the work you can do yourself. So let's go through an example. So there's, as I said, we, we covered a couple of different strategies, like for instance, um, which is, for example, listicle. So what are some of the top 10x uh, tools, products, et cetera, pages that have already been published that you haven't been listed on? So literally Google that term and there's a gazillion different one of these listicles that come up. Uh, other one would be somebody's written a review. Uh, let me give you a couple of one ones product alternatives. So for instance, um, if there is a popular product in your space that is widely accepted by people, there's a bunch of posts that are talking about, oh, what are some of the alternatives to X? Either there's a pricing barrier or they don't like their company or there's some reason why. And it's also a natural course of, uh, especially when it comes to more expensive products, when people want to purchase them, they want to have a few options to compare. Uh, and, and then pick the right one. So that's just part of the natural buying process that you look for other options before you go and make a payment. So how do you do that? How do you find them? Look for, hey, what are some of the alternatives to X? Could be for software, it could be for commerce. Again, you can apply that, whatever business that you're in. And uh, getting yourself mentioned, hey, we're one of the alternatives to X, right? And let's, let's get ourselves mentioned here. Uh, or general template would be a competitor mention. So if somebody's writing content about XYZ in your space and they mention one of your competitors within the context of what industry you're in, there could also be a potential for an affiliate. Um, even your own unlinked mentions, somebody who's referenced your product um, in, in, in by passing or say, hey, you can use tools like Respana and XYZ and they haven't mentioned those link to our website or anything like that, we can reach out to them and say, hey, come and join our affiliate program you get a cut of the commission. And what happens most of the time when we do these is that they're like, hey, I actually have a course I can plug you guys in. Or, hey, I actually have this X, Y, and Z. I have this wet summit that's coming up, <laughs> right? So it opens up conversations. So what we're not trying to get a mention specifically from that page all the time. What we're trying to do is to open up conversations with people who potentially have an overlapping audience that, that would be interested in working with us, right? So... For each one of these terms, we actually have like these advanced operators that you can use Google and we have a list of them. So if you go to respondacom slash templates, uh, we have a ungated library of these strategies uh, that you can look through. And we actually have tutorial videos and instructions on how you can do that by your own, uh, on your own. You don't need 
our software. Oh, this is great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and we also give you an email template, examples of, hey, how do you actually go reach out to these mm -hmm. people? Um, one missing piece is how do you get the contact information of the right person, which is, Thomas, going back to your question. That varies widely based on the type of web, website or company they are. So if they're a larger company, obviously working, reaching out to the support email isn't going to cut it, <laughs> right? So there's a tiered system that, um, that Responder works where it, it basically we start by finding somebody who's in the marketing team. So whether it be a partnership manager, marketing person, or the content person, somebody who's a writer or, or managing their editorial, that would be a better person to reach out to if it's a larger company. You go down the list, if it's a small blog or creator, uh, maybe reaching out to their owner or founder, whoever is the actual person who's, who's the creator would be the best person. And last but not least, if it's a small site that's been created by X person and, and they don't have a LinkedIn profile that you don't know any. So you go down that list and in that case, maybe reaching out to the generic emails and such, such a bad idea because you already know that that email would be read. Um, so starting from finding the best person possible or using LinkedIn and finding, okay, who's a edit content manager. If it's not possible. Who's the next best person? Is that our founder, owner, somebody I could reach out to? If not, then a generic contact. So you kind of go down that list and there's a number of tools you can use basically to get the emails. Again, that's something that respond to on, on the tools that sort of help you automate. So you can just let it discover and get the context, but this is something you can definitely view yourself manually as well. I love it. Yeah. I'm, gosh, I'm, you're dragging me back to my link building <laughs> days and having to sift and mine and go through all these things or all these tools you could like use to try to validate an email. You just take guesses. Like, is it admin at webmaster <laughs> at, is it support at, and you're just like trying to get a green ping. Like, okay, <laughs> it's probably this one. Yeah. And sometimes those are the best sites to get on. Cause you knew they probably weren't. Sometimes if someone has like a guest blogging, link up or something or something like reach out for x you know they're getting flooded with bots and just like a bunch of people trying to hit them up but right. if you can actually go find and use something to go find like the harder to reach admins or website owners and actually get them to post you you know you've kind of like gotten on a little island that your competitors might not, might not be on or something so it's worth doing this but yeah it is time intensive so right yeah. and for folks who don't know what link building is because we're on an affiliate marketing podcast the process is identical uh, to affiliate recruitment it, yeah it was funny that, we were chatting it was like this is one-to-one -one what i was doing as a full-time job like and <laughs> exactly yeah right so this, <laughs> this is something that seos do basically so that what they're trying to do is to get other website owners to mention you and that sends a signal to the search engines that, hey, they're an authoritative resource. Um, so it's this identical process to affiliate recruitment in a way that you're just searching different keywords and your value prop and the email that you're sending is different. But everything else uh, went up from discovery to getting contacts and average is very similar. So yeah. that's why also it's one of the other use cases for our platforms that there's a lot of SEOs also using us for link building, but the same applies to uh, affiliate recruitment as well. And I, I want to talk to like our core listener here who might be a direct response marketer who is using a lot of email traffic or paid media traffic from their affiliates, which can be very fast to turn on. You might be hearing this going, yeah, it makes sense, but is it really worth the squeeze to kind of go out and build this evergreen strategy? And I would say, yes, it is because, right, it might say, let's say you find a blog that sends you a customer a day or something. That doesn't seem like a lot, 
but if you build this out over time, you're not having to rely on hitting up your email affiliates and media buyer affiliates day in, day out for more traffic because you're building in stable traffic from evergreen sites that are ranking well, from content that's doing well and going deeper with these relationships. So this is where we see like the omni-channel approach to affiliate recruitment, where now you've got a different traffic type hitting your offer consistently. Now you're starting to kind of raise that floor, raise that baseline of traffic and sales. And so now everything else you're doing that might be able to quote unquote scale bigger on the paid side or on the email side, you can kind of build in some hedge your risk a bit that if that goes away, you're still gonna have some baseline traffic that's doing well day over yeah. day. Well, I was going to say, I think one of the other reasons I'd say that this could be really worth it is one, you might have an affiliate manager with some spare time. So um, there's going to be down periods. If they have some spare time, they don't have spare time anymore. They could be doing this, right? So this is already a really effective way and periods to, to have an affiliate manager. And I think the other thing, and you're kind of mentioning this, Thomas, that as you build this product authority across the internet through blogs and content creation, YouTube, all this stuff, all that does is raise the, the performance for all your paid traffic. So your affiliates in the email space, your affiliates on Facebook and YouTube, they'll start seeing better conversions just because there's more awareness of your product. You're creating the impression of a conversation that's happening without your consumer just by being able to be out across the internet. So I agree with you. It's a very, very effective strategy. It is work, but doesn't always have to be work or is as much. Now, you mentioned some things here, Farzad, too, about in terms of, um, you know, there's some automations that we do. Because I imagine going and saying, let me find the competitors, let me find the blogs, has to be tedious. And knowing that Google is your primary tool, where there's, I'm sure, a lot of things, and I'm sure Thomas knows a lot of tips and tricks from his link building times on how to search the right thing. Um, there's actually some other automations or tools that can make this go even faster. So I'm really curious about that, as well as I imagine too, just a lot of emails that you're having to write. And one thing that we haven't talked about is, is following up, whether they say yes or they say nothing to you. How are you working in the follow-up steps? So if you just talk a little bit more on the searching and maybe, I know you don't want to plug your tool, but I'm really curious for myself. Um, <laughs> what, how does the search functionality when you're going out and looking for those affiliates, looking for the listicles, looking for the reviews that, that you, you don't have yet, um, how does Respondus tool help with that? And then if we compare that and just kind of dovetail that into talking about follow-up, I'd be really curious about that. Just your strategies for being successful there. Well, thank you for the segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was, if I were to look for an excuse to plug Respondus, this would yeah, be all right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, doing outreach manually obviously works, but if that were the case to just do it once and you're done with it, then yes, just do it manually. The problem is, or not, it's not a problem. Uh, the thing is that there are new articles getting published all the time that are mentioning your competitors, that are list new listicles, that are writing reviews on similar products every single day. So you do this once in two months from now, you have hundreds, if not thousands of untapped opportunities that you haven't reached out to yet. So you're going to have to do this continuously over time, time and time again. So that's when having an automation software sort of helps is by keeping your sanity. <laughs> so always need to keep uh, what you can do important. basically. <laughs> exactly. So for instance, what our team has like done is like we have over, so for each one of these strategies, say for uh, competitor mentions, right? We have, uh, 20 different campaigns that are monitoring continuously 
any mentions of our competitors across the web that are newly published. So every week or every two weeks, instead of intervals, it will run a new search or like, okay, what are some of the websites that have just mentioned our competitors, but not us, and I haven't reached out to them already. Okay, your list of 200 websites, great. Who is the right person to contact? So let's go find that and then get the emails. And all right, what are we gonna say to them? Uh, we are, have a base template. And now what Respond is doing, this is one of our newest features that it will also read the content of what they've written and using AI will actually customize the templates for each recipient. Oh, wow. um, so you're saying basically, okay, here's what you've mentioned. That's why you would make a nice fit for our ability. So the entirety of that process is done fully on autopilot. So what you do as a user, you set it up once, Every two weeks, you log in, you're like, okay, here's a here's a list of 200 emails that have been generated. Take a look. I'm like, looks good. Launch. So then you will start sending emails to them one by one with sporadic delays, maximize deliverability, and automatically follows up if there's no reply after a certain number of days. And anybody who replies ends up your own collaborative inbox where your team can manage and take over, basically. Okay, so at that point when they respond, a human is stepping in, quote unquote, to... Close the Take deals. It over from there. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And that's as simple as, okay, here's the link to our <laughs> affiliate program, sign up there, and then they get access to all the assets they need. Um, and then you all, we also have a CRM there. So you can basically change their relationship status, say I'm collaborating with them or they're in progress. So just make sure you follow up with them every week or so to make sure that they do sign up, become an affiliate, and then go through your onboarding flow of uh, your affiliate program, basically getting onboarded to that system. Nice. Um, I assume you're able to yeah, so edit the templates and stuff that would be going out initially. Pardon? I assume you're, you'd be able to like edit the templates and stuff that are going out initially. Oh yeah. So yeah. the templates themselves, we give you a library already. So based on the strategy, basically where you start, you get a base template that gets customized based on the information you write. Um, but you can adjust it as much as you like. It's a text box, basically. You just type in whatever you like. And uh, people tend to make them worse normally when they touch it themselves, <laughs> unless they are a pro, they know what they're doing. So you normally recommend just leave it be because the AI would also read the content, personalize the emails for each recipient, so not sending like mass emails, basically. That's awesome. Um, That's really cool. So so yeah, so it's normally, it's a unique email that gets out to every single yeah. person and, and it wouldn't require too much involvement from a human. But yes, we, we do give obviously flexibility to change everything. So all the settings, all the, keywords everything is fully under your control but we made it in a plug and play fashion so that if you if you're new if you haven't done this before you can still go through the whole thing five minutes you don't need to know every single detail or everything just click run automation and just let it handle it mm -hmm. for you now if you're a more pro customer and you want to kind of dig into the nitty-gritty you're also welcome to yeah that's awesome no that sounds so freaking sweet. I don't know. Just like, I don't know if any of you affiliate <laughs> managers out there love the idea of, hey, here's 200 outreach emails that just popped in your inbox. Would you like to accept them to go out? Like that is so stupid and awesome in the best way possible that I honestly, I think one of the questions, and Tom's actually brought this up to me and remind me I need to bring it up. So that, that I think a lot of people would be thinking about this moment is that sounds great, but is my product the right fit? So are there specific types mm. of products that this doesn't work for? or something like that? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And most successes that we've seen has been for e-commerce products and software companies. Um, one, I would say 
area of market that I haven't seen a whole lot of success to their affiliate program is agencies. Mm. So when you get to enterprise agency type deals, um, the sales cycle isn't quite as simple as, oh, I'm just going to Google and go make a purchase yeah. and it's done. Right. You're now dealing with referrals, word of mouth, right? Introductions, warm interest. Um, so that sales cycle isn't quite as simple and straightforward as say, I want to buy a new pillow. Mm. <laughs> right. So uh we've seen better success with uh I would say, you know, uh simpler uh products like any e commerce kind of things, yeah. Consumer goods okay. and software, B2B yeah. software in particular. Um that is, and is a reason why I would say that is because when it comes to software or other products online, um, even though you may not purchase a product immediately after seeing something somewhere, it's one of those touch points that keeps the product top of mind. Uh, so rarely ever in the B2 space, we see something where just immediately go and purchase it. But when, when you're doing research, uh, when it comes to picking a solution, you're not just relying on one source, right? You're Googling, you've seen what comes up, you pick a handful that keeps repeating in different places. And then you go to their website, reach out to their sales and talk. So it's not quite as simple. Hey, you just click here, get redirected to the website, make a purchase. No, a lot of it has to do also with awareness in general. It's, it just builds credibility and authority. Um, another thing I would say is also we've seen better success with uh, their affiliate program if they're already established business and not not established in a way that's like they're 20 years old. Uh, but normally we've seen that companies that are fresh at the oven, like you just made, like especially AI products, like you just made this tool. Yes, <laughs> you put it out. You're like, I need customers. So let me just go build an affiliate program. We rarely see those succeed just simply because they haven't proven their business model mm -hmm. yet. And if you're a legitimate affiliate, you want to make sure if you're directing your audience somewhere, they're going to be well taken care of. And, and what that means is that they're making a sale, right? So they're actually uh, doing a good job at making you put down your, putting down your card and, and making a purchase and keeping you because a lot of the time, especially with, which is a, which is a nice thing about software is that you have reoccurring revenue. Uh, so basically you kind of build up that that uh, funnel and the only way that that happens is that your if your customers are successful so meaning if you're if you have a brand new product something that's just come out unless something that's super novel and doesn't exist or doesn't have any competitors um it becomes more difficult to get those off the ground so what my recommendation is always hey build up other channels first get some proof of concept get some uh social proof on the website uh, build the business side of things first before you kind of dive into an affiliate program i would rely on that as a more mature channel versus from the get-go maybe rely on ads first you know just get some traffic in the to the choir. Yeah. yeah exactly well especially since i think the big would... thing so you know the affiliates don't know it's going to convert and you don't know it is either right and if you don't have that information and so it, it makes exactly. it to the point where you go testing you set up this deal you can't even evaluate if the deal went well or not just because you don't know if you're if anyone wants your product so no definitely well think about it too from like the affiliate pitch here right where you're looking to an evergreen content creator or someone who's probably going to google you yeah <laughs> after they hear yeah. from you and if nothing pops up yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like wait like they're going to be less flag. confident mm -hmm. in doing anything with you than if you've got stuff out there i would say i'd plug an episode we did with ryan koison um, which was one of the earlier ones we did i think 
And the title of that is Use the Reverse Pyramid of Affiliate Acquisition to Grow a Seven-Figure Affiliate Program. I think that launched on April 20th, 2022. But that was, um, that kind of goes into a little bit what you talk about, Farzad, with like the manual outreach and finding affiliates through Google and things like that. But he approaches it from a, if you are a new product and trying to get traffic, he's got a strategy on how to like, almost like teach newer bloggers how to be an affiliate uh -huh. through a passive, like through like an active way of engaging with them through outreach and stuff like that. So it's almost a way yeah. to go after like the, I don't want to say lower tier, but beginner yep. content creators mm -hmm. with this similar strategy and you almost like rise with them as they improve right. their sites. But they're, yeah. So if you're newer, you might be able to start with newer kinds of people that way. Hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, you start within your league, right? You never go and reach out to very established bloggers from the get go if you're a small company. And then, no, that, that's a great idea. I shoot yeah. for the moon right off the get go. You know, just <laughs> supermodel in the room. I'm like, that's the first one. I want to get rejected hard and fast right from the get go. Um, so on to that though. Um, even if you don't get rejected, or if the rejection is silence. Follow-up has to be king. And I, in saying this as somebody that sucks at follow-up, as anyone that's expected follow-up from me before could probably attest to, um, not my strong suit. Uh, I'm too present in the moment to remember what I said in the past. Uh, so that's that's my excuse. Uh, yeah, we're surprisingly successful salespeople, Kyle, despite being both equally terrible yeah, at follow-up. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, <laughs> but I'm always looking to improve, and I know you guys could do some amazing things yeah. in automation there. Um, and I'm curious to know some tactics that, that you use in affiliate recruitment with that follow-up piece, because honestly, even when our coworkers gave me a new strategy a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, well, I should try this more often because it has been game-changing already. So I'm always excited to hear some more great tactics because um, I think fun happens in acquisition, but money happens in follow-up. So I, I really like to, to hear what you have there. That's a fair point. Uh Again, I, I should also say as a disclaimer, it's like these are all my personal opinions. So take it with a grain of salt. You know, I may be wrong, but uh, my experience has been the I would say the frequency of follow up should be proportionate to the to the level of relationship you have with a person. Meaning that, uh, for example, when it comes to cold outreach, uh, when these are pro people that have absolutely no idea who you are. Um, Having too many follow-ups, I think that could backfire in a way, because especially with automation tools like Responder, you can just set up a sequence and once and just let it do the follow-up up for you. Uh, but this is something I always encourage our customers to keep it within moderation. So on, for instance, uh, for cold outreach, uh, our team only has one follow-up that gets sent. Mm. And we're very clear in that follow-up email that, hey, this is a one-time follow-up we're sending. Uh, in case I don't hear back from you, I'm going to assume you're not interested to remain respectful of your inbox. And here's the deal. 65% of replies happen with, after that first follow-up. Hmm. Now, we may be able to push that uh, you know, reply rate more if you send a second follow-up or a third follow-up in a couple of weeks. Uh, and again, this works. I've seen companies that do this and it works for them. The reason why I personally don't like it is because if somebody's a cold prospect to you and they've already received two emails from you with no replies, it is more likely than not that they are just simply not interested. And what you're doing now is just flooding their inbox. So that inevitably increases the likelihood they'll just gonna click on that little spam mm -hmm. button. Now here's what happens. When too many of your recipients mark your emails as spam, especially if they are a cold average prospect, then that would 
significantly increase the chance of you landing in the spam folder from that point forward when it kind of when it comes to reaching out to new recipients. So to kind of be in the good graces, of, keep keeping yourself in the good graces of these email providers, you want to make sure that the emails you send out, first of all, don't send spam and are personalized, and keeping the follow ups to a, to a, not a minimum but to a balanced number. I would, I would say one or two maximum. Um, However, on the other hand, say someone replied to you, they're shown interest, you had a call with them, say, right? And you sent them some material and they didn't reply. Yes, you follow up with them once, you follow up with them twice, you follow up with them third time, a month later, that's completely okay because that means that, okay, this person is likely gotten busy, right? But that we know that person is obviously interested because they've spent their time talking to us, they already replied back and said yes. So... I would be more generous with the frequency of the follow-ups at that stage, right? And this is something we also follow in our sales process. Like if you do a demo with us and then, you know, uh, basically show an interest, sign up for a trial, et cetera. So you get a lot more emails from us and you can ask us to stop, obviously, uh, but versus a cool prospect that never heard who we are. Uh, so that's how we sort of set up that those nice. sequences is to be mindful of what what they're receiving and do, do your ai tools do anything to help improve the follow-up um kind of email in terms of the text the copy does it give you templates that you could follow for those that might be too intimidated or incapable of uh writing an email <laughs> not to say i'm one of them but right there are those out there yeah so the nice thing uh, i mean it, I hate that we keep plugging. It's cool. I'm making you do it. You don't need to feel bad. (laughs) You're handing it to me. It's just because I want it. I just just keep selling myself. It's my problem. (laughs) Uh, So the thing is, when it comes to responding to these tools, and and by the way, we're not the only player in the market. There are other platforms that help you automate emails. It's actually, it's a huge industry, especially for salespeople. That's all they use. Like there are other tools like, Salesloft and Outreach and Apollo. And there's just so many other tools that help you do this. It's no secret. Uh, but then uh, it's a small portion of what Responda does is that you set up the sequences once. Uh, so that's the nice thing is that that will kind of, you, that you don't have to be afraid every time you send a follow-up email. That's something that happens automatically. Mm-hmm. So automating those follow-ups uh, to me is key because I personally feel bad <laughs> every time I want to follow up on someone who doesn't. But if it's something that is fully automated, I set it up once. And while I'm setting it up, I'm mindful that, okay, I want to make sure this doesn't become too repetitive. Um, but it, I do it once. And then anytime we have a demo, I just drop them into that sequence after, you know, to have a call with us, et cetera. So they get those frequent follow-ups after. Uh, or when, it, when it's a cold outreach email, I've set up the sequence once. And, and then it's just a matter of letting the system take care of it for us. Um, so I'm a big believer in automating as many follow-ups as possible because it's just natural human tendency that you don't want to be spamming people or, or sound or being annoying to them, um, which, which is which is which is fair. But uh, at the same time, as you mentioned, it is one of the key because, as a matter of fact, inboxes are ruined. There's so many emails come out. Like I get over 100 emails a day. So. If I don't reply to somebody, it doesn't mean I don't want them or I don't like them. Uh, it means sometimes that I'm just simply mm-hmm. busy or, or it's not a good time. So sometimes I'm in a meeting, I look at an email and I forget to respond. And so, um, so yeah, so I would, I would then shy away from follow-ups. I would automate them as much as possible. But 
be very mindful about the number and frequency of the follow-ups. Nice. Perfect. Well, fantastic. Well, I know we're getting, um, we are getting close on time, so I don't want to take uh, too much more of your time. You've been so generous with it. And we really, really appreciate it. So we're getting close to the end here. Um, really just want to leave you maybe with one more opportunity to tell the audience um, anything else that they might want, maybe more information that might be really valuable to them. Um, but, but specifically, I think, yeah, if there's just one more thing you want to say for affiliate recruitment um, to the people at the end, and then, then we'll close things out, give people an opportunity to get a hold of you if they want to. Um, and Thomas and I will share kind of our thoughts too on the conversation because I have a lot of them and I'm, I don't want to make you pitch again. So um, I'll keep them until afterwards when I end up probably pitching for you. Uh, so, <laughs> all right, Farzad. Um, no yeah, problem. So any, anything else just you want to lead or finish with when it comes to recruiting affiliates and that affiliate acquisition? Absolutely. And, and yes, I do have one tip and that's to take action. Just open up good old Gmail, use good old Google, find a listicle that have mentioned you, find somebody who works there and send them an email, send them a message, whatever you do on LinkedIn. Just take one action. <laughs> you know, a lot of us uh, get a little bogged down on, you know, what's the template I'm going to send them or what am I going to do to find them? What's the system that I have to put in place to do this at scale? Don't worry about it. Just send one email, take one action. Uh, and that's if, if that's all you do after taking away from this episode, that's a good starting point. Because then, in, in the case that that person replies, you get a proof of concept. You're like, okay, we have some sign of life here. Now let's try to do this more frequently. Over time, we can put this on autopilot. Um, so taking action, not not just listening to podcasts, not just reading about them, uh, just opening up that Gmail and send one email. That 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 would be my one tip. I love it. Thanks for that. Yeah. And I, I just call it to the people who listen to this. Thank you for listening. Like, If this seems like a pitch for responding, because it kind of is because Kyle and I like the product. We like Farzad. We topped on a call with him a couple of weeks ago just to get to know him. We're like, oh, this is really cool. Right. We need to let other people know about this in our space. And so when we bring on products and services that might feel like a, bit like a sales pitch, it's because we believe that they are products and services that you will find valuable and you should know more about them and consider using them for your business. So yeah, I think I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, of course. Now we, we've, we tried to avoid the straight up sales pitch guests, which there are plenty of. So we want to bring on people who are going to help rise the tide, which I believe you are doing. Um, and yeah, I love this, right? I think this is an untapped market for our core audience at ClickBank who rely a lot on performance marketers. And you're talking about recruiting a different type of affiliate. And I just, that creates such a more stable affiliate program. If you're doing a bit of everything well, and so I'd be really looking, you know, Mr. Affiliate Manager, Mrs. Affiliate Manager, owner, CEO, whoever you are listening to this, going, hmm, how could I layer this into my team in an effective way? And the Respondo software is the first thing I've seen where I'm like, wow, this would actually let someone dedicate a small amount of time, not 40 plus hours a month, which is what I used to do for clients, <laughs> just to get them a couple backlinks, right? And actually go through it, implement, execute efficiently and actually get some traction rolling. So this is why we want to bring you on and have people yeah. consider using you. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. And it's, uh, as a small company, it means a lot to us. I very much appreciate your-, your Well, and, and just to finish, and I think, uh, and Thomas hit it up as well here. One of the big reasons that this really jumped out is not only being a great product, but it really does represent an untapped market for our affiliates. We, I think we've had conversations about this market before and the value in it, but there hasn't really ever been a direct path to not make it feel 
and be a ton of work. And I think that's where scared people off in the past and where we went through that today, because there is a level of work to doing this, going out, doing that kind of outreach, finding the right partners, all that stuff, very valuable thing. If it isn't something that takes some time. Um, and so when we talk to you and knowing that this could compress time, I think it's really important. Anytime you have software that compresses time while increasing revenue, think about doing that in any part of your business. If you could compress the time it takes to do something while also increasing its ability to make you more money, those are things that you should go after aggressively in your business. And I really feel like this is one of them. So again, really appreciate your time. And for all those out there, I think that's great advice with Farzad. Before you even go to respond or look at any other software out there, just do it. Try it. Send an email. Find a listicle. Find a blog that you've been maybe even following. Maybe it helped inspire your product you created. Reach out. See if you could get on there. And don't just reach out to one. Try a couple. I would tell you to give 10, just 10 a try. If you can't get one of them to say yes to you, try 10 more, but still at least give 10. And I think that you could hit at least a 10% success rate if you go out and do it and start today and open up this new part of your business that you might have been completely ignoring. And then if you love it and like it, I would strongly encourage you to go out and try respond, or at least talk to somebody over there. Um, with, with that, Farzad, if they want to talk to your team, they listen to this, said, I don't need to do anything. I just need to talk to Farzad and his team. How could they get a hold of you? How could they reach out to you um, and get started? Right, absolutely. Well, thank you, Kyle. Uh, yep, our, our website is the best way to learn about us, uh, respona.com. That's R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com. I know people say it, responda or responsa. Respirio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Respirio. That's the first time I heard that. Uh, but but yes, that, that'd be the best way. And we we offer we make it very easy for you to get in touch with us. If you'd like to see a demo of the tool or if you want to just, you don't want to talk to anyone, you just want to try it. We, we have a a 14 day trial with no credit card. Um, so whichever way you prefer is uh, if you need hand holding or not, uh, that'd be the best way to, uh, to learn more. I would say that responda.com slash templates that you dropped earlier, really good stuff. I was just clicking through there a little bit while we're going through the podcast and yeah, you've got what you've been saying. You've got all the resources you need to just try this out manually if you want to, and you've added some great Beautiful. value there. That's so. great guys. So you're going to be going to respond on no matter what, just to go get those templates and make your life easier. <laughs> so, cause everyone here today is going to take the, the call to action from Farzad and just do it, do it today. Do before, don't wait till whenever this episode drops, which um, you won't hear it. So that happens. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say going. like, don't wait until next year. I'm like, well, you might have to, cause that's probably when this, yeah, wait, that's when this episode more. drops. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are making this sound like for them. we paid know, you guys for I know. I know. <laughs> We're not getting anything for this. Wait a minute. I just, our affiliate link? I yeah. just can't help but pitch things. Um, it's really annoying when my wife cooks. She's like, listen, it's not that great. Just tone it down, Kyle. Tone it down. Kyle. <laughs> anyway, well, again, great, great, grateful for your time. Grateful for the audience. And uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Reach out to us at affiliated at clickbank.com for any questions, comments, thoughts. If you want to say mean things to Thomas and I, that's fine. We enjoy those. Nice things are good too, especially for Thomas. Um, but I'll take all the mean comments. Yeah. Just send them our way. Also, anything you'd like us to talk about, conversations, people, things that are bumbling around your brain and internet marketing, you feel like they're not answered. Let us be the truth seekers for you and find the answers that you haven't figured out yet. So we look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Thomas, what do we tell the people or what do you tell the people and I let you do it? <laughs> we tell them happy scaling, everybody. Happy scaling. All right. Love it. All right. Until next time. Have a great one. Thanks so much.